You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, you are listening to the Manifesting God podcast, and I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. I am so glad to see you all today. It has been a trying week. Let me tell you something. When I'm talking about being positioned for power, when we're talking about that, I mean what I am saying to you all. I am experiencing it right along with you all, where God is positioning us for power, where he's positioning us again for power on last on the first part of this series when we talked about position for power we talked about parental positioning we that was our first topic where we talked about being aligned with those God has given us in the earth realm to begin to mature us in the ways of Christ and then after that the next week we talked about the process of of the position and we talked of the positioning and we talked about the process that it takes for us to get from here to there. We talked about not being or even trying to be that overnight wonder, but waiting on the process that must mature us in the ways of Christ that matures us to be able to handle the pressure of the process. So today we're going to talk about being positioned for the pressure, being positioned for the pressure. See, because after we have recognized that God is positioning us for power, we begin to look for those authorities in the earth realm that God has given as an example to guide us. That's our parental positioning. And then we begin to understand the process by which we go through to be positioned for power. So we can't help but now understand that we have to be positioned for the pressure for the pressure because let me tell you something without without allowing those parental figures to take our their place in our lives and without understanding the process we will not we will not be able to handle the pressure the pressure of the process. There is so much, so much going on in the world today. There's a lot not only going on in the world, but there's a lot going on, let's say, break that world down in our jobs, in our homes, in our families, with our loved ones. Folks are going home to be with the Lord, and it almost seems as if the wisdom, the stable wisdom is beginning to leave the earth, beginning to leave the earth. And we must grow up because their work is done, but our work our work still has to be done. If you are still here and you are under the sound of my voice, then God is saying there is a work that I have for you to finish. They have finished their work, but you, ma'am, you, sir, still have work 
to do. And in order to do this work, you must be able, you must be able to stand in your position under the pressure. We can't run out. We cannot run out on God when things get heavy. We can't allow the pressure to cause us to be seduced away into the antics of the world because it seems easier. Because it seems easier. We can't walk away from parental positioning because it seems easier to do things our way. We can't walk away, as I said last week, from the pressure because it seems easier to do things our way, which of course is going to be the way of the flesh. And we understand already that the flesh has already, Christ rose to deliver us from the works of the flesh. So to return to the works of the flesh is to return to a law, to a legalism that Christ's blood has cleansed us from. He's cleansed us from the laws of the flesh. He's already delivered us from that. And to return back to our own way of thinking, the Bible tells us to lean not to our own understanding. So to do the opposite and to lean to our own understanding says we've chosen to lean into legalism. We've chosen to lean into the ways of the flesh and allow the flesh to guide us. We've decided that God's way is no longer for us. And that's why today we're talking about positioned for pressure. Positioned for pressure because we are under pressure right now. Right now, the world is putting pressure on us to bend, to bend to its ways. It's putting pressure on us to break to its ways, to its ways, to the world's way, to the world's way of thinking. But if we are going to be positioned for power, we must allow ourselves to be positioned for the pressure, for the pressure. Now let's go, I'm going to start, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start here in the Old Testament with Exodus 2 and 23, because I want us to understand what pressure really is, not only what it was, but what it still is today. What it still is today. Exodus 2 and 23 says, and it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel, they sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by the reason of the bondage. Now where we're starting at, we're starting at a point here where Joseph had died. And if you remember when Joseph was, uh, for more or less the king's assistant, when the, when Pharaoh gave him power to rule the land, when the land was getting ready to go through a place of plenty and a place of lack, Joseph was that person that God raised up to make sure that in that place of lack, there would still be provision. So when Joseph brought his family, his brothers and his father over, that 
family, that family began to multiply. And that family, while, although they were in Egypt, they began to grow and prosper. And Egypt was without lack. Remember, when Joseph was in charge, Egypt always had, even in the place of lack, God gave Joseph that wisdom. But now we're at a point where Joseph had died. Joseph had died and that Pharaoh had died. So there were bondages being put on Israel by that new king, by that new Pharaoh. And, and Israel began to cry out to God because of that bondage. And see, bond, and that bondage, let me just back up, that bondage in this particular case, that Hebrew word for that is labor. It was labor. It was the work. It was the pressure of the daily work. It was the pressure that the king was putting Israel under to produce and to continue to build his kingdom. It was the, it was their captivity of the being forced into labor. And, and a bondage there is defined as in Hebrew as labor. And this word in Hebrew means a mall. And it means a mall or a mal. It means to toil. It means to toil, literally, with hands, with labor of the body. It means to toil, not only in the body, but in the mind, because of the pressure that's being put on you to produce, to produce. And the Greek word, let's skip ahead, the Greek word for labor is kapos, K-O-P-O-S. It means to hit or it means to strike. It means to strike a blow that is so hard, that is so hard that it seriously weakens or it debilitates figuratively deep fatigue, extreme weariness, weariness in your toil. It is literally not only a weariness that comes about in the body, but like I said earlier, it comes about in the mind to handle the toil, the stress, the stress, the stress of having to produce the weight of having to produce the pressure, in fact, the pressure, in fact, of having to produce. Now, let's take it to how the world defines labor. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it defines labor as the expenditure of physical and mental effort, especially under difficulty, especially especially under difficulty. It is the human activity of providing goods or services to a to an economy under pressure, under forced labor, under difficulty. See, the definition of labor aligns with the word pressure, laboriousness. It, re, it aligns with the word pressure pressure. It aligns with this because it, it, it's a, and if, if you can visualize not only having um, a taskmaster over you that, that, that re is requiring above and beyond what you think that you can deliver, what you think that you can produce. At that time, your mind literally becomes broken under the weight it can become broken under the weight where you no longer can think the process of producing of the pressure. You can no longer think of the process of production. 
You can only just do as you're told because the pressure is so heavy, your mind can no longer comprehend it. Your mind can no longer tell your body the better way of getting things done. It can only just produce it under the pressure, under the weight. And, and this pressure in this particular place is a pressure that is, this labor is a pressure that is under a narrow, confined space. A narrow, confined space territorial area it is properly a narrow place a difficult circumstances where god authorized the temporary your your temporary senses to be confined where god himself has authorized your senses to temporarily be confined be confined. And it's an inner working of faith. It's a divine persuasion that is necessary to handle the internal stress. We're talking about position for pressure and we're defining that pressure. I am talking, I'm painting a picture for you right now of a divine, a divine enacted pressure. A divine enacted narrow place, a narrow place, a divine, a divinely created difficult circumstance, a difficult circumstance that's producing an internal distress, an internal distress. And ironically so, this is how God shows his limitless work. When your mind becomes under an eternal, when it succumbs to an internal distress, oddly enough, this is how God shows his limitless power, his limitless power. As in Romans 2 and 9, the tribulation, the distress, the anguish. As in Romans 8, 35, the persecution. As in 2 Corinthians 6 and 4, the hardship, the distresses. As in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, the distress for persecution and difficulties that exist as we walk in Christ. Am I painting that picture for you? Do you yet feel the weight of the pressure? Do you yet feel the weight of the internal distress? Do you feel the weight, the weight that is resting on your head, on your mind, on your shoulders? Do you yet feel that weight? If you live in this world today, you should be feeling the weight, the laborious internal weight of the confined space that will now allow God's limitless work to stand up in you. Do you feel that yet? Just in my description alone, somebody should feel some weight on their chest right now. Somebody should feel the pressure on their mind right now. Somebody should feel confined to a limited, narrow space right now. As I speak, my voice should have closed you in to feel the pressure of that narrowness, that narrowing space. 
that confining space, that pressure that weighs on your mind when you consider, when you consider the world's circumstances, when you consider the state of the church, when you consider the state of our young people, when you consider the state that we've left, been left in with the wisdom that has just parted the earth and gone on to be with the Lord that now rest in your hand to distribute, to distribute to some that don't even want it. Their mouths are clothed. They don't want it. And you are not permitted to force feed them. You have to somehow convince them that to allow you to distribute this morsel of wisdom just so you can feel a morsel of relief of the pressure. See, because to rid ourselves of this, this pressure, it's going to require a distribution of wisdom to people that don't even want it. And you're not permitted to force feed them. So hence the pressure stays on your mind. The laborious pressure stays on your shoulder. The labor, the weight of the pressure is even in your tongue. The weight of the pressure is even in your mouth because you need to distribute. You need to distribute this wisdom that God has given you the mysteries of the wisdoms of the kingdom of God, of Christ that rest in your heart, that rest in your mouth. You need to, that rest in your hand. You need to distribute it to a world that doesn't want it. Come on, you're struggling to move. You're struggling to walk. You're struggling to speak because of the pressure. The pressure that God himself has ordained to be so to show his limitless power, his limitless power. See, in Hebrew, pressure also can be aqua, and that can be sh as shown in Psalms 55 and 3 when we're talking about wickedness or when we're talking about the enemy. See, this pressure that God has put on us that we are struggling to release, we're struggling to release it to those that have been captivated by the wickedness of this world, by the wickedness of the enemy himself that will not allow them to open their mouths that we might disperse, disperse the morsel of wisdom just so we can have just a wee ounce of the pressure, a little bit of relief. If I could just distribute this wisdom and if I could just get you to open your mouth and receive this morsel of Christ, this morsel of Christ that will change your whole mind and, and redo your entire heart and restructure your entire heart and open your ears and open your eyes. If I could just give you just a morsel so that I could not have so much pressure on me. The weight would ease just a little bit if I could get you to comprehend just a little bit of Christ, just a morsel of Christ. See the world, they again define, they define that pressure again as a burden. It's a physical, it's a mental distress. It's a constraint 
of a circumstance. It's a weight of social and economic imposition. Imposition. I am being impositioned with this weight just so that Christ can show his limitless power. I'm being impositioned with this laborious task just so Christ can show his limitless, his limitless wisdom to those that are willing to digest just the morsel, just the morsel of what we in Christ have to distribute, to distribute. And see, pressure, it can be an action of a force, and it's, it's against an opposing force. It's against an opposing force. See, God puts this pressure on us and he allows us to be opposed, opposed by those in the world. He allows us to be opposed and we still must stand upright and move with this pressure just so that God can show his limitless power, his limitless power power, all of which focuses in Psalm 2 and 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth, they set themselves and the rulers, they take counsel together against the Lord. They don't want me to be relieved of the pressure. So I must learn to bear up under the pressure because the heathen, they're going to rage uh -huh, and they're going to imagine vain things. And the kings of the earth, they're setting themselves up against me. And the rulers, they're taking counsel against, together against the Lord and against his anointing because they're trying to to make the pressure and the weight of Christ crush even us, even us, even us, because they don't want the limitless power of Christ to stand up in us under the pressure, the pressure. They said, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Let's break their bands and let's cast their cords aside. He that sitteth in the heavens, he shall laugh. The Lord will have them in derision because they won't submit to the pressure, to the pressure. They won't allow the pressure. If, if we can, if we can cause the heathen to all the more rage, if we can cause them to all the more imagine the vain things, if we can get the kings of the earth to set themselves up against them, if we can get the rulers of the earth to take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed ones, perhaps the pressure, the pressure will crush them. Perhaps the weight of the pressure that limitless glory that they carry, that limitless wisdom that they carry, perhaps it will crush even them, even them, even them. But see, verse 24 in Exodus tells us, but God heard their groaning. 
See, he hears our groaning and he remembers the covenants that he's made with our forefathers, Hebrews 6 and 13. He remembers the covenant that he made with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. And God is looking. He looked upon the children of Israel and he had respect unto them. So to those that would cause the world, that would cause the heathen to range, to the people to imagine vain, vain things. And for those that would, in the earth room, the kings that would set themselves against us and the rulers that would take counsel against the Lord and that would take counsel against his anointed, we say, God, he's looking upon us and he has respect towards those that submit to the pressure of our position he he has he has respect unto us he's looking upon us to you we say god is looking upon us because he's already made a covenant with Abraham. That covenant cannot be broken because he swore it by himself. That covenant cannot be broken. While my shoulders can get weighty, while my tongue can get weighty, while it can be hard for me to take steps, I can stand under the pressure because God already swore by himself. And he, and he is looking upon me and he has respect unto me. He has respect unto those who are willing to labor under and with the pressure just so his limitless glory can stand up. Just so it can stand up. See, there's something that we have to understand when we're standing under pressure. In order to be comforted, we must first be sad. Matthew 5 and 4 says, happy are those who are sad because they're going to be comforted. In order to have joy, we must first experience experience sorrow. John 16 and 20 says, truly I say unto you, you will be weeping and sorrowing, but the world will be glad. You will be sad, but sorrow, it does turn into joy. See, in order to have freedom, we must first be oppressed. Exodus 3 says, now Moses, he kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest, the Midian. See, he respected authority. He kept the flock of his father-in-law, the priest, he kept, he watched over someone else. See, I submit to you today that the pressure that we are being positioned for is not ours alone to carry. It is the Lord's because he's already sworn by himself that no pressure would crush us. He's already sworn by himself that no heathen's rage would crush us. He's already sworn by himself that those who imagine vain things can't crush us. He's already sworn by himself that although kings in the earth set themselves against us, even though they take rulers, they take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed ones, the pressure of it all will not crush us. It will not 
crush us because God hears us. He remembers us. He looks upon us. He has respect upon us. And we know that although we may be sad, we still comfort. Comfort is on the way. Where is comfort at? In the pressure. I must stay in the pressure. My comfort is in the pressure. Even though I may have sorrow, where is my joy at? My joy is in the pressure. We must stay in the pressure. While I I might feel oppressed. My freedom is in the pressure. I must allow God to hold me, to position me in the pressure, in the pressure, because my comfort, my joy, my freedom is in God's limitless power. It's in his limitless power. And his limitless power is in the pressure. I must stay in the pressure. I must not try to move out of the pressure. I must not try to dictate the weight of the pressure. I can only ask God for his help. I can only cry unto him, knowing with full assurance of the heart that when I cry unto him, that he, in hearing my cry, will remember his covenant with Abraham, the one that he swore by himself, and he will look upon me. He will have respect upon me, and he alone will comfort me. I submit to you today that your comfort, your joy is in the pressure. Do not allow the ways of the world to move you away from God's pressure. Do not allow the heathens raging to move you from the pressure. Do not allow the kings of this earth, the, the government of this earth, even though they set themselves against us, do not allow it to move you from your position of pressure because in the pressure God shows forth his limitless power his limitless power we will not be crushed on the under the under the pressure we cannot be crushed under the pressure why because God cannot be crushed under the pressure. He's already promised to never ever leave us. He's promised to never ever forsake us. Just like he heard Israel when Israel cried under him, cried to him because of the pressure, because of the labor, because of the confined face place, because of the narrow space, he heard them. Just like he heard them, he will hear us. He does hear us. Just because you do not hear a direct response back from God, faith has to tell you that his limitless power is standing with you. Why do you know his limitless power is standing near you and holding you up? Because you know that he has created and sworn by himself in the covenant that he he alone, he alone will remember us. He doesn't have to repeat to us that he will remember to us, remember us, that he will look upon us, that he has respect to our cry. He's already, he's already sworn by himself. We need to remember. 
he's already sworn by himself and he will never leave us. My God will never forsake us. I don't care when the enemy ray comes in like a flood, when that thing seems compounding, when every day it's a death, when every day there's a lack, when every day there's a, there's a, that's that narrow space is getting closer and closer. It's confining you in closer and closer. It's, 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 it's locking you in where you can barely see your way out. There's only a window. And that window seems to be getting smaller and smaller by which you can see your way out. You've got to activate your faith. And you've got to know God has promised. He's promised that he would never leave me. He's promised that he would never forsake me. And I know that if I cry out to him, he is near me. So he will hear me and he will answer me. And just because I don't hear the answer and just because I don't see the answer, it does not mean that God's limitless power is not at work. He is always working on our behalf. The greater the pressure, the more he is working on our behalf. I submit to you today that he's standing up in you now. While, while you feel forsaken, while you may feel abandoned, the pressure tells you that God is near. The pressure tells you that God hears you. The pressure tells you that his covenant that he sworn by himself is what's holding you up and what's protecting you in that narrow place. The walls may seem like they're closing in on you. That, my friend, is a trick of the enemy. That would be the vain thing that's being imagined, that's trying to seep in to your heart, that's trying to seep in to your mind and make you doubt, make you doubt that the rage and that the earth and the kings that are set against you are winning. That the earth and the kings that are set against you are greater than the powers of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's powers will not fail you. His limitless power will not fail you. His limitless glory will not expose you to the elements of the enemy. It will protect you. It will lead you. It will guide you to that through that narrow place and into that wide open space of freedom, of freedom. It may not seem like it right now, but you are already being maneuvered through that tight place. You are already being maneuvered through that narrow place. You are already being maneuvered. You are already being comforted in your place of sorrow. You are already receiving joy. You're already walking in that joy. Change your mind. Don't make this place a pressure, a prison. It is not a prison. You are not a prison. You are not in prison. You are free. Change your mind. Change your speech. Change your actions. And allow God to guide you through this narrow place. 
allowed him, allow him to show you that open door. You are no longer confined. You are free. You are free. No matter what your governments in this world tell you, no matter what the heathen tells you, you are indeed free. We cannot think as the remnant, as the remnant that God would ever leave us. That God would ever, as if he's misplaced us. He is with us. He would never misplace us. We are his. We are his called. We are his chosen. You can't give up now and die in a place that is a created in your mind. And you can't die in, in this place that the enemy is telling you are in, but you are not. Don't let this mirage fool you. Don't let the mirage that the enemy has created fool you. You are not confined to, and you are not subject to the enemy's tactics against you. God has you fully covered, fully surrounded, and don't let your knees buckle under the pressure, the weight of what is glory, but the enemy has convinced you is a stone that's sent out to weigh down and kill you. You are not under a boulder. You are not being crushed under a boulder. What is happening, God has designed to happen. Those he has called on to be with him, he has chosen them because their work is done. Just as he will call us when our work is done. But your work, if you're under the sound of my voice, is not yet over. Don't let the enemy tell you that your work has now ceased and that he has indeed won because he has not. You are still God's chosen. You are still God's chosen. Stop looking to the left and the right and being distracted and fix your eyes like a flint on the promises of God. The same God that has told you that he's your provider. The same God that has told you that he's your healer. The same God that has told you he's your joy and sorrow. He's your health and sickness. The same God, the same God who has told you he's your provision. It is going to come together. It will work in your favor. Whatever situation or circumstance that you are dealing with today, you keep your eyes on God and God will handle the rest. You stand up and allow, allow that pressure to strengthen your legs. Allow that pressure to strengthen your arms. Get your mouth working. Get your tongue used to moving with the weight and the pressure of glory resting on it. Get your hands working so that they can continue to build even with the weight and the pressure, the pressure of the pressure of the labor. Keep your hands working so that they can now, so they can continue to work even when they're, even when they're heavy with pressure and labor. So get your feet to moving so that they learn how to move with pressure and labor resting on them. Make sure that your ears can hear even though pressure and labor is sitting on it. 
Make sure that your nose can still smell the glory of God, even with pressure and weight just resting on it. Make sure your mind can still comprehend the reverend, the wisdom the mysteries of the wisdom of God that he's trying to share with you right while you're under pressure, right while you're under weight, right while you're under the weight, right while you're under the weight, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about positioned for pressure. Allow that narrow space to close right in on you. Don't hyperventilate. Allow that space, that narrow space to close right on in on you. Knowing that God has already, already created a path, a way of your escape. Don't worry about those walls that, that seem to be touching your cheek. They're closing in, that they're literally squeezing your cheeks. No, they're not. No, they're not. Walk right on through. Walk right on through. Don't worry about that pressure that seems to be resting on your head and you're trying to think and you're trying to comprehend God. Stop that. Calm. Peace. Let peace be your portion. Let peace be your portion because God is still talking to you. You just are trying. You're, you're trying now or you're learning now. You're learning now how to hear God under the pressure. That's all. You're just learning. He's talking. You're just learning to hear him now with the weight of the labor on your ears. He's standing right in front of you. You're just learning how to see him and discern him with the weight and the pressure that's now on your eyes. You're still moving through that narrow and confined space. You're just learning how to do it now with the weight and the pressure that's being carried in your body and your legs and your feet. You're still, you're still moving. You're still moving. You're still hearing. You're still seeing. You're still discerning. But now God is teaching you how to do it under the pressure. Under the pressure. Under the pressure. Under the labor. See, because if we can't learn now how to move and how to work with the pressure, with the weight, of the labor, how are we ever going to rebuild? How are we ever going to uh, walk worthy of the vocation wherein God has called us if we can't work with the pressure, if we can't labor with the weight of the pressure? See, God is calling us. He's trying to build up our spiritual fortitude, our spiritual, uh, we're right now we're lifting spiritual weights because we need to learn. We need to learn. We need to build up our spiritual muscle. Some of us, we have no endurance. We have no endurance. The slightest bit of pressure. We succumb. We succumb to the pressure. And you don't understand when you're, when you're, when you're weightlifting and say you, you're, you're supposed to be building up, not not building down. So when I say building up, you're doing three sets of 10, the weight, 10, 10 pound weights in your hand. You're doing, um, 10, 10 sets with 10 pound weights in each hand. And you're doing one set, 10 times, 10 repetitions. You're doing that, right? Well, that's, that's this week. Next week, you should be able to do the 15 pound weight. If you did it every day, 
If you did it every day, then the next week you ought to be able to do three sets, 10 repetitions with 15 pounds. Then the next week you should be able to hold the 20 pound weights in your hand. 10 repetitions, three sets. You should be able to do that. But most of us, we get to the 10 pound and soon as we get, soon as, soon as uh, my arm hurt, we drop the weight and then we just stop. And then we just stop. We have no endurance. And God is trying to build up our endurance because what's in front of us is going to require us, require us, I'm prophesying to you, what's in front of us is going to require us to be able to work under the pressure. We're going to have to labor under the pressure. And sometimes that pressure, especially as it increases week by week, and day by day, day by day, week by week, month by month, as that pressure increases, you have to find, you have to, let me tell you, um, when, when we're, when we're training and, um, my husband has us in the gym, right? And we're training, right? He is very big on form, very big on form. And even though the weight may go up, my form has to stay exactly the same or it's a waste of time even lifting the weight and furthermore i'm going to injure myself i'm going to injure myself so right now what god is doing and i'm trying to give you a visual what god is doing is he increased the weight and oh my god some of us have dropped the weights altogether. he's increased the weight and we've dropped the weights all together or, or either we're holding the weights and our form is sloppy and because our form is sloppy a few days we get injured and now we can't lift anything because we've injured our muscles. We've injured, we've ripped, we've torn, we've injured ourselves. Now we got to sit for three and four days with the ice pack on, and then we got to start all over again. And what I'm encouraging you today through this word is make sure that your form is perfect. Make sure that your form is perfect and your form is upright. Your form is to stand upright. And as God increases the weight in your hands, the weight on the weights on your ankle, you got you're going to lift that weight and you got to maintain your form. You still got to stand upright. Oh, it's going to be a little bit difficult. That's why I said when they add when the extra weight is added, now you have to you kind of have to wear them shoulders back. And you, got, and you kind of tense up your back and you tense up, you begin to use your core to help you lift that weight, to help you lift that weight. If you're talk, if you're lifting the weight in your legs and if you're like literally at times I have to make my, make my shoulders and everything relax and make my arms. If I'm doing, um, if I'm doing weight for my shoulders or my, or my this right here, honey, because I know my husband's looking at me calling out the name of the muscle. But if I'm doing my if I'm doing my weights, I have to hold the form. I have to hold the form and not let my not not allow my shoulders to try to make my hands do the weight that I'm trying to use for here. I can't I can't I can't let my shoulders try to do. I got to make it carry the weight and to make it carry the weight. I have to let everything relax. And then I just make that arm. I literally tell that muscle, you lift it. And I relax my hands around the weight. I don't grip it hard. And I let that muscle do the work. So let your spirit, your spirit man, trying to mature your mind, trying to mature your heart. Let it. 
let it mature you. Like I said, there you'll have to rebalance things to make, to make that, to make yourself, that mind, your heart adjust to the weight. But as soon as you adjust to the weight, you'll know because all of a sudden you can hear again. All of a sudden you can hear God again. All of a sudden your discernment comes into focus. It's not blurry. You can see God again. All of a sudden, you, you're moving. It was hard to move in and work in. The weight that was hard to move and work in, you now can move and work in it. But don't get cocky because then God's going to add more weight, more pressure, more pressure. And you have to remember. You have to remember in all of your getting. You have to remember and get that understanding that God has already sworn by himself. That covenant will not be broken. So God will remember. Yeah, you're going to cry out to God. You cry out. That weight get heavy. I cry out to God. I cry out to God. Sometimes I have to cry. Sometimes we have to cry. But just know that God, he hears us. He's looking right at us. And he will have respect unto us. No, he's not going to shift the weight for you. But he will comfort you. He will comfort you. He will, he will give you joy in your sorrow. He will do that for you. Yeah, he will. And he will, and he will, he will allow your eyes to focus in so that you can see you're not as confined as you think you are. You will have joy in the midst of sorrow. You will, you will be comforted in your sadness. You will have that freedom that the Holy Spirit tells us is ours. You will have it all, all, what am I saying? All is not lost. And that's where we have to get to the place to. We keep allowing the enemy to convince us that all has been lost and all has not been lost. God is right here and he hears us and he is answering us. And the minute we begin to walk in our peace, walk in peace, we too will hear him and we will know that he is there for us. Never left us, never forsaken us. He's already promised that. He's not going to keep reminding you of that. You have to remember that and begin to move with the pressure on purpose, on purpose and in purpose, in purpose. Amen. 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 God, we thank you today. We thank you today, God, that you indeed are standing up in us. Your limitless power stands up in us. Your glory, it covers us. You indeed do hear us. You remember your covenant that you have made with our forefathers and we choose we choose to remind ourselves that you have promised to never leave us. You've promised never to forsake us. You are strengthening us to stand up under the pressure, under the weight of the labor. You are calling us to a place to allow you to position us for power. And that includes the pressure. God, I speak to the hearts and the minds of your remnant today, and I cause them to stand up 
under the pressure. Strengthen their legs now. Strengthen their feet now. Strengthen their hands now. Strengthen their heart. Strengthen their minds, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. God, strengthen your people today. God, give them joy for their sorrow, God. God, make, cause them to think themselves happy cause them to change their minds because we are covered in your blood we are covered god in your presence by your glory you are holding us up with your right hand with your right hand and no matter what comes you are the great mighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God. There is not a situation, not a circumstance, God, that you yourself cannot deliver us from. You will deliver us just as you had delivered Israel. You will rescue us just as you had rescued Israel. You, oh God, are a God that changes not, but we change our minds, God, and we choose today to recognize you as the one who has the plan of our lives in your hand. You have our plans and our plans and our and the plan you have for us are good things. You have a plan for us, God, and it's a good plan. You, God, know our end from our beginning. You have all of our provision in your hand. We don't need to worry. We don't need to fret at what the enemy says, what the world says. We don't need to look to the left or the right, but we can relax our eyes as a Flint, just fix on you and just fix on your promises. God, I ask you today, God, throughout the world, touch the hearts and the minds of your leaders today, God. Raise them up, God, beyond situations and circumstances, God, that you alone control, God. Comfort our leadership. Strengthen our leadership. Give them joy in times of sorrow, oh God. Give them strength, God, where they might be weak, God. Build them up, oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God, and strengthen your people today, God. Strengthen the hearts and the minds of your people, oh God. Help them, oh God, to stand up under the pressure. Help your leadership, God, to stand up under the pressure, oh God. We thank you, oh God. We commit our homes, our children, our minds, our hearts to you you, oh God, we give them a get to you, God, because you said that whatsoever we commit unto you, you will keep it against that day. So we commit ourselves to you, that you would keep us, oh God, against these lasting evil days, God. Keep our children, oh God. Keep our children, oh God. Keep, God, my sisters and brothers under the sound of my voice, oh God. Keep my leadership, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. God, those, God, in the world today that are that don't know you, God, I ask you, oh God, as they listen to my voice in iHeartRadio Pandora, wherever they may be listening, oh God, Touch their hearts and their minds, God, in the name of Jesus. God, send your angels, oh God. Send your angels, oh God, to minister unto the willing hearts. 
the willing receiving hearts, God. They've been through so much trauma, so much trauma, God. Rescue your people from the trauma that they've been through. God, turn their eyes back to you and away from the trauma, the trauma that they're feeling in their hearts, the trauma in their minds, the compounding trauma. God, rescue your people in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord God. God, send your word, your rescuing power. Let your limitless power stand up. Stand up in us and speak. Stand up in us and speak. Stand up in us. Stand up in us. Corset table shot. Stand up. God, God, do your mighty acts. Do your mighty acts and your excellent greatness. Your kingdom, Kosa. Your kingdom come in the earth room. We usher your kingdom, base check, in the earth room. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We speak your will throughout the earth room. Your will throughout the earth room. Your will, your kingdom in the earth room. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My Lord, my Savior, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord God. 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 Come on, type it in there. The will of the Lord be done. 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 Be done. Your kingdom come in this earth room. Your feet walk in this earth room. Your hands work in this earth room, God. The will of the Lord be done. The will of the Lord be done. I'm saying the will of the Lord be done. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be exercised in this earth realm. Your will be exercised in this earth realm. Your hands be moving in this earth realm. Your fingers be moving. Your will, your will spread out. I send your will throughout the earth. I send your will throughout the earth. Exercise your will. She's like, oh, it's a bashe. In the earth realm, exercise your will in the earth realm. I usher in your will in the earth realm. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray. I thank you, Lord God. 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 The Lord God bless you and keep you. Until next week, I'll see you at 7 p.m. on Monday. Everyone, have a good holiday. I'll be praying for you. Please keep my family in your prayers. I will be praying for you. The Lord God keep you, and the Lord God bless you.